guys, and welcome back uh, to the long-awaited return of the Shift Talk podcast. Uh, I'm Matthew, joined again, as always, by Jake and Cruz. Say hello, guys. What's up? <laughs> and it's good been be a while. Back. Yeah, it's, it's good to be back. Um, it feels good to say those words again. And, you know, I feel, I feel definitely like we need to uh, be respectful to our listeners here and at least give, you know, sort of an addended... Uh, or I guess short version of why we haven't been recording, but it's been about five months. Uh, and um, I don't know. It sucks. That was a really long time, but life gets in the way. And I don't know about you guys, but I had, I had to build a house in the summer. And then from there, I kind of just, you know, work and doing all the things that you do when you move into a house and move locations, it gets really hectic and all that. And I know you guys have had a lot on your plates as well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, I've def- I definitely missed doing the podcast, but like you said, life uh, has different different uh, answers going on for you sometimes. And, um, you know, I've just been busy with college mainly, and I'm thankful to finally be done with that. So hopefully I'll have some a lot more free time now to, to make this podcast and, you know, put a lot more time into it, watching movies and TV shows and reading books and all this, all the other fun stuff that I actually enjoy doing rather than spending every waking moment doing uh, some kind of schoolwork. So, yeah, that's mostly what I've been up to. For sure. Cruz, how has the break been for you? Um, well, I was homeless for two months and then school started. I got a new job and then I lost that job because of COVID. And then I got another job. And now I'm just trying to finish school and I got a new home. But it's been hectic. We're all coming out. We're all coming out aces. Cause uh <laughs> I definitely think you definitely had the definitely had the most difficult road. That that was uh you telling us about that, that was pretty a pretty bleak situation, but get- yeah. Luckily, my girlfriend let me stay with her most of the time. She had to deal with me. Yeah, but it was yeah, it was something else. Well, but I'm glad to be back. I same. At least we've got got a little bit of momentum going forward, and all that sucks. But at least, like Jake said, at least we're back and able to devote a little bit of time here to getting back to what we were doing for pretty consistent. I, I think. I'm shocked that we were as consistent as we were. I'll be, I'll say that just knowing me as a person, like we, we didn't miss a week for, you know, a solid like two and a half months. It seemed like, um, so yeah, hopefully we can get back on track here, but that's pretty much, you know, the long and short of it, life gets in the way, a lot of, a lot of schedule conflicts, but I think, um, what we can do here, just have a brief little catch up episode and just talk about the things that we have been watching over the break because i know even though we haven't been talking about things together we have definitely still watched some content i know you guys have um so i just thought i'd start off and go rapid fire through the things that i've watched kind of starting just going all over the map and then you guys can just feed off of that um so a lot of good stuff on my tv screen over the break um most recently i've watched queen's gambit which is fantastic i kind of would rather wait and talk more about that in length maybe on a future episode but that was fantastic i watched the boys 
in totality. That was also great. I'm a big fan of superhero media, and that was a really great change of pace for me compared to the types of superhero movies I typically enjoy. Um, I've started The Haunting of Bly Manor, Mike Flanagan, and all, and um, that whole crew, and that's pretty good so far. I'm definitely I'm not done, but it's been it's been good. I watched You Were Never Really Here, Walking Phoenix. Uh, Cruz and I were just talking about that a second ago. Fantastic film. Probably need to rewatch it just to kind of get more out of it, but it was really, really good. Spooky season. I watched The Lighthouse and Midsummer uh, on back to back days. So that was a great 24 hours for me and my brain. Uh, Lighthouse, I thought about it for days afterwards, and Midsummer was um, definitely a great experience. Can't, can't say enough nice things about either of those films. I watched the Borat film. I watched. Matthew, I want to interrupt you. I- I would like to hear you say like nice things about Midsummer because that's a good movie, but not a nice movie. At all. I mean, not a pleasant movie, but I, I really enjoyed my experience. I enjoyed um, how much it made me kind of just squirm in my chair. Uh, I, I just liked, I liked the bad feelings it gave me. You know, I was definitely primed going into it because I had seen Hereditary and I talked to a bunch of people you included, who had seen Midsummer, who kind of gave me an expectation of the insanity that I was in store for. And I, I think it I think it helps me. Normally, if you hear a lot about something before you go into it, it can kind of taint your experience. But I don't know. That was it was great. I was I was prepared for an 11 out of 10 experience the whole way through and it did not disappoint. So um, I don't know. Definitely one of my favorite uh, horror movies now, I think. It's really, it's a really, it's a really solid watch. Not for the fate of heart, but it's it's a solid watch. Definitely not. Very intense movie. No, definitely don't watch it with your grandparents. It's not a, it's not <laughs> one they'll they'll walk away from enjoying. Um, but yeah, that's almost pretty much it. I watched the second Borat film, which was pretty, uh, it's pretty funny. Um, I definitely, I don't know. I was never like a huge Borat fan, like the original film. Like I thought it was funny, but I never. I didn't um I wasn't crazy into it, but it was it was a good watch, uh given the current events uh and the um things that we are unfortunately still dealing with. It is um it's a very good watch, timely for that. Um and then I've tried to catch up on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Um I'm sort of I'm past the halfway point there. And that's pretty much it. I mean I'm sure there's other things, but those are the kind of the high points for me. I just kinda wanted to talk about the things that stuck out in my mind so i'm sure there were other things but that's pretty much it for me um i know you guys have watched a couple of those things that i mentioned but uh what have you guys been viewing in your hiatus yeah so i guess i'll go ahead and go um i've watched a lot of stuff because i've had a lot more time on my hands lately so i'm gonna try to try to go through the the movies that came out this year that i've i've watched recently you know, there's not a whole lot of them to choose from, unfortunately. There's not been a whole lot of good movies, a whole lot of movies in general come out, but there have been a few good good ones lately. It's maybe not um, like mainstream, super popular movies, but very good movies. So, um, like Matthew, I watched The Queen's Gambit. I can't, I can't say enough good things about that. It's probably probably the best thing I've watched this year. It's a Limited series, so it doesn't fall into the movie category, but um, very good. Anya Taylor Joy is absolutely incredible throughout the whole 
the whole seven episodes. Um, she's to me, she's one of the best young actresses working right now. Um, <clears throat> but you know, I feel like she's got, definitely got like a really promising future. Uh, she's already got a solid. She's already been in a lot of really good movies, had a lot of good roles. But I think you know, going forward, that's only going to continue. Oh, um, Did you know she can speak fluent Spanish? Yeah, I saw something about that the other day. I didn't read the article, but it said that she didn't learn Eng- English until she was. Or maybe I'm maybe I'm making this up. She's like Argentinian or something like that, like I English saw, Argentine. I saw the video of her like doing, um, like speaking in fluent Spanish for um, Spanish speaking interviews, and it was really it threw me off. I did not I did not know that, but it was really impressive. I had no idea about that either. Um, but I agree. She's she's I mean she's set up to have one of the greatest careers of all time i think she's i mean she's already everything she's been in has been great and i mean this kind of like i i didn't doubt her at all going into this but it was kind of like a, a chance for her to like show her range and i mean she really showed it off because i've only seen her in um the witch and um split and you know yeah. sort of similar roles i would say I, I mean i guess you could cop out and say they're very similar roles but this was you know this was a whole this was just a all you know all around great performance. So definitely. she was in a movie called uh, Thoroughbreds that I didn't think was a very good movie, but she had a really good performance in that movie. Nice. Um, not a bad movie, but you know it's just she was definitely a standout out of it. Speaking of the lighthouse that I watched, she is she's also in Robert Eggers' next movie. Oh yeah, I cannot wait for that. That's gonna be amazing. Um, but as far as other things that I've seen in 2020, uh, uh, everybody that knows me knows that I'm a huge Jim Cummings stan. His his first movie, uh, Thunder Road, is one of my favorite movies of all time. And now he's directed The Wolf of Snow Hollow. Um, Very good uh, horror type movie that's a lot different than Thunder Road. Not quite as good, but it's definitely first one of my probably one of the better movies of the year. You know, there's not a lot to choose from, but um, it's definitely definitely interesting to see him branch into the horror genre. He does a really good job directing and acting once again. Um, yeah. So that, I'm gonna have to check it out because I'm I'm also I'm number two behind you on the Jim Cummins uh, stand club. I'm I'm right there behind you because. Uh, you told me about Thunder Road, and I watched it. Um, and I mean, I it was it was amazing. He's a great follow on Twitter as well. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna have to definitely check that out. Um, so a few other movies: uh, Trial of Chicago Seven. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I, it's um, probably the leading contender for the I would say best picture right now, with our limited choices. It was behind Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Well, <laughs> you know, I, I figured the people already knew about that. So. I mean, yeah. Got to be fair. But yeah, it's really good. I think it's you know definitely going to get nominated for Best Picture, and whatever whatever the Oscars looks like this year, I, I'm assuming they're going to have it uh, in some capacity. Um, let's see. Other than that, I, I saw Enola Holmes. Pretty good. Fun movie with Millie Bobby Brown and uh, Henry Cavill. 
the devil all the time. It was um, enjoyable. It was not the greatest movie I've ever seen, but it's worth watching for all the performances at the very least. Um, Tenet, I was... I know Cruz hasn't seen Tenet, so I won't say much about it, but I'll just say that I was disappointed by it. Completely forgot about yeah. Tenet. Because, not a bad movie, but... Yeah. I, I didn't mean to interrupt. I, I completely forgot about it, though. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's... It, it, it's kind of crazy to say that it's kind of forgettable, but it, it is. It is. I, I, I agree with you. I mean, I forgot about it because... You know, peeking behind the curtain here a little bit, uh, Cruz and I recorded what was supposed to be this podcast um, a couple of weeks ago, and I, I spoke for a few minutes about Tenet and how I felt about it. So I guess in my brain, in my mind, I'd already placed it out of my head. I, I was done talking about it. But yeah, definitely need to save judgment or save more words about it until Cruz has seen it. But I agree in short. I'll be seeing it in December once it goes to streaming because I did watch every Christopher Nolan movie this year and made a ranking list, so I need to finish the list. Yeah, you were, you were right on track. I mean, it was. I think you were you were obviously doing that like right as it was about to come out. Yeah, because it was supposed to come out like what July. Yeah. Yep. So we'll have to we'll have to see where it fits in. I'll be very interested to see where you place it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm I, it's the most divisive movie I've seen this year in terms of just reactions. Like, I have a good chunk of my friends who say it's like very disappointing, and then another chunk who say it's amazing. I haven't heard anyone of my friends say it's bad. I've just heard disappointing and amazing. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's bad. I mean, it. That's kind of a. I don't know. That would be a leap to say it's bad. I guess, I mean, it just falls short in a lot of areas that I don't typically associate with Christopher Nolan. Um, there, there's just certain aspects that, you know, kind of just feel like um, the sum of all its parts with Christopher Nolan. Like some of it's really great, and then there's parts where it's just kind of like, let's take, let's take all the kind of the lesser aspects of my style and just kind of put it here and hope it hope it works but like i said we, we can um we can pick it apart and destroy it once you've seen it so no worries yeah let's let's see there's a couple more movies from 2020 that i've seen um i'm thinking of ending things charlie kaufman's uh, latest movie i really enjoyed it i'll i'll save this one for cruise because i know I know he really, really liked this movie. So, um, but yeah, I enjoyed it too. But I'll let him talk about it more in length. I uh, saw Amer- an American Pickle with um, Seth Rogen. Very average movie. Uh, <laughs> the Five Blood, Spike Lee's latest movie. It was very good. It's, I watched it a few months ago, so it's not. I feel like I need to rewatch it because I don't can't really remember a whole lot about it, but. Um, you know, had, had Chadwick Boseman in it, and you know, unfortunately lost him this year. So, um, I definitely recommend watching that. It's I don't think it's one of Spike Lee's better movies, but it, it's a good one. I mean, it's 
one of the better movies of the year. Um, seeing the King of Staten Island, I, I really enjoyed that with Pete Davidson, uh, Judd Apatow movie. Um, very enjoyable, fun movie to watch. Palm Springs was probably probably the most surprising thing of the year, like of how good it was. Um, I'm a huge Andy Samberg fan, so you know, as soon as I saw him, saw that he was in this, I I was excited about watching it, and I definitely didn't expect it to be as good as it is. Um, it's got a you know a pretty good cast. J.K. Simmons even makes an appearance in it, so I definitely recommend watching that if you haven't. Yeah, I definitely got. I have to. I I almost watched it right when it came out, and then I just kind of let it fall by the wayside. But I definitely got to check that out as well. Yeah, it's it's really good. I think you would like it. Um, but yeah, that's about it for 2020. Um, over the last couple of weeks, I've had a lot more time on my hands for a lot of reasons. So. I've been trying to, I've been kind of jumping around between different types of movies. Just in the last week, I've watched, uh, uh, this is obviously not from 2020, but I finally watched the Ocean's Eleven movie and Ocean's Twelve. I've never seen those before. Hmm. Still haven't seen Ocean's Thirteen yet, but um, very good. Especially Ocean's Eleven, it's a very good movie. I see what the See what all the hop was about with that. <laughs> That's an interesting director. Like, if you look at his body of work, he's very prolific, but it's all very diverse. I've never actually seen the Ocean's films. I've seen Ocean's 8, the, the female uh, reboot. I haven't seen that one either. I haven't seen that. I just know that Steven Soderbergh, like, he makes like a lot of different movies. I think it was a solid film. I think obviously, you know, with with most things um, of that nature, it got a lot of unnecessary hate. But I think it, I think it was a fine movie. Um, but then again, I also, like I said, have not seen the original one. Anyways, I mean, they're worth watching for sure, especially Ocean's Eleven. Ocean's Twelve is, I thought it was a lot less serious, and not that Ocean Eleven, Ocean's Eleven's like this super serious movie, but Ocean's Twelve is a little bit more humorous and um, kind of a little bit sillier, but I, I enjoyed it. I have to, I'm looking forward to watching the other one too in Ocean's 8. Let's yeah, see. Great. Other than that, I've, I've went back and watched some older movies. I watched Patton for the first time. Uh, uh, my dad, that's one of those movies my dad has always tried to get me to watch and I finally broke down and and watched it, and it, you know, it really, it really lived up to the hype. George C. Scott is, as Pat, we've, you know, we've already talked about Doctor Strange Love with George C. Scott. Um, yeah, he's equally as good in Patton, if not better. Um, re- also recently watched The Treasure of the Sierra Madre. Um, nineteen forty-eight. John, John Houston. Houston. Yeah. Yeah. Starring Humphrey Bogart. It was, it was really, really good. It's one of those. Uh, I don't know if you guys have looked through or have HBO Max, but uh, HBO Max features the Turner Classic Movie Channel, and I would say that it's worth getting HBO Max just to have that, because there's so much, there's so many good older movies on there that are like considered classics that 
I know I've never seen before. And I mean, I haven't seen a better collection of older movies than what's on that channel. So I definitely recommend that. Yeah, I may have to check that out. I know I have access to HBO Max because I have AT&T internet. Um, I think I think I still oh, yeah. have to use like a computer to watch it because of like Amazon and like Roku and how all that works. But I definitely need to check it out. Well, you can you can it's available like you can watch it on your Xbox or PlayStation or whatever you got. I mean, you can. Uh, okay, I gotcha. So it's available on there. Um, it's a good way to finally watch Casablanca and Citizen Kane. I, I got to watch those for the first time using HBO Max and. Um, yeah, those movies are considered the best movies of all time, or some of the best movies of all time for a reason, as it turns out. Both very, very good. Yeah. I still um, I need to check those out as well. Never never got around to it. Oh, and one other. Uh, I've, I watched uh, Hunt for the Wilder People and finally got around to watching Jojo Rabbit. And let me just say, Jojo Rabbit was... Uh, one of the is that a, was it twenty nineteen or twenty eighteen? Twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. That uh, there was a lot of good movies that came out in twenty nineteen, but Jojo Rabbit was probably probably top five. I know it was nominated for best pictures, for sure deserving of that. It got a yeah, it was a great movie. It got a five star rating for me. Um. It's got the perfect blend of humor and, and seriousness to it that uh, was it was just a really really good movie to watch. But I think that's I've obviously seen more stuff. I could go on for days, but I think that's about about all that really stands out to me. So, Cruz, what all have you have you been watching lately? Yeah, I have a list of all the movies I watched post like our last episode. Um, I watched The King of Staten Island. I liked it. I wanted to like it more than I did because I like Pete Davidson so much. Um, oh, yeah. I don't even. I don't even think his like, from like a writing standpoint, I don't think his material's that funny. I just like his delivery. I, I don't he's know what very, it is. He's very likable. He's just a yeah. Lockable I just, and so I, I I did like the movie a lot, but I wanted to like it more than I did because I usually like Judd Apatow movies, um, even the ones that are considered bad. But I still enjoyed it. Um, I watched that movie Swallow about the... I forget the name of the condition, but it's just about the woman who becomes, like... She, like, has, like, this, like... I can't think of the word. But she's, like, compelled to, like, eat something. To, like, eat inedible things. Mm. Um, But it was good. I think I like appreciated what the movie was going for more than I actually like enjoyed it. I actually kind of found it kind of boring, but I knew what it was trying to do. And I really liked uh, like the, the concept behind it. Uh, Then I watched Palm Springs, which is uh, one of the best movies I've seen this year from 2020. I love that movie. I love Andy Samberg too. And I love, I think her name's like Kristen Milioti or something like that. The mother from Your Mother. She's great in this. And J.K. Simmons. They're all great. This was a great movie. I was I was I was also surprised. I thought it was gonna be good, or at least I was gonna love it regardless. It ended up being a really great movie. Um I watched Shirley, 
the Elizabeth Moss movie about Shirley Jackson. It was very good. Um, I watched I'm Thinking of Ending Things. Uh, that's probably my favorite movie of the year so far. Uh, it gets better with each viewing, as as is the usual with Charlie Kaufman. Um, I think it's an incredible movie, and I could dedicate a whole episode talking about it. I probably need to rewatch it again, though, to because I, it's been a little bit since I've watched it. But I, yeah, that is so far my favorite movie of the year. Um, I finally watched The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Uh, Dude, what'd you think? That was fantastic. That was one of the best movies that came out in 2019, too. That was a great movie. Um, I wish I'm kicking myself for not seeing it in theaters last year. Yeah, I wish I'd have saw it in theaters. It was great. Um, Jonathan Majors is uh, one of the best best up up and coming actors in my mind. He's He's in the, yeah, he's the show Lovecraft Country that's I haven't finished yet, but I want to watch it. I want to watch it partly because of him. Yeah, yeah. I've watched like three episodes on it. It's very strange, but um, it's it's pretty good from what I've seen. I need to check out both of those simply for the fact that, and this is for my normies crowd out there, but he's uh, probably going to be Kang the Conqueror in the MCU coming up. So. He's he's definitely about to hit the big stage for those who yeah. don't know him. He deserves it. He's a great actor. Um, I watched The Devil all the time. Um, when I first watched, it, I liked it, but I was very disappointed. I felt like I had a lot of the same issues as uh, the 2018 movie Widows because I had high expectations for that movie too, and I felt like I still feel like the biggest problem with the movie is that. There's so much that goes on that it's not hard to follow. It's actually pretty easy to follow, but I feel like there's so much that happens that it doesn't flesh out everything enough. So it never really like emotionally connects. Like you'll watch something happen. That's like really disturbing. And I feel like it doesn't carry the same weight as it would if you had time to really sit with some of these characters experiencing it that you just don't get to experience like sit with long enough. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. It that movie is really kind of carried by all the stars that it has in it that are just really going for it. And yeah, like some of the performances, especially uh, especially Robert Pattinson, like I loved him. In it, he's he's doing a lot in this movie, and it's he not is. a bad. Thing I do like the movie though, and I I like yeah. the movie. The more I sit with it, I like it more. But I still have a lot of those issues with it. I still think it's like a very flawed movie. Yeah. Um yeah, I agree. It was good. It just, you know, it it needed to be it needed to be longer or should have been a, a mini series, series. Or a series. Yeah. Yeah. Um speaking of, then I watched The Haunting of Bly Manor. Um, I loved it. Uh I think the final episode is is fantastic. Um it's it's a lot slower than The Haunting of Hill House. Um but to me, it's more satisfying in totality because the big problem I had with The Haunting of Hill House is I thought The Haunting – I might be alone on this, but I thought The Haunting of Hill House was like incredible until like the last couple episodes, and then it kind of dips down. It never got bad, but I just feel like it kind of dips near the end where The Haunting of Bly Manor, it like continuously gets better as it keeps going, and I think it like sticks the ending really well. 
Um, yeah, I'm trying to finish it right now. I didn't watch Haunting of Hill House. I mean, I started Haunting of Hill House. Um, my wife finished it. I, I couldn't get into it for whatever reason. Um, it to me it really it like peaks around episode three or four and then it just drops at like episode like eight yeah. or nine. Bly Manor has been great so far. I'm about three fourths of the way through it. It's been it's been good. I think that when I'm enjoying it, like the things I like about it, I like a lot. And then when I'm not having a good time, I'm really not having a good time. So <laughs> I'm I'll be interested to finish it and kind of talk more about it because. I definitely think pacing is a big issue that it has. Um, even when the episodes kind of get better as a whole, I think the pacing in the good episodes kind of still suspect a little bit. But like I said, haven't finished it, so I'll have to wait and pass complete judgment on it when I get done with it. I think pacing is a big issue with Mike Flanagan. Yeah, all of his things kind of feel this. Like when I watch it, like I've seen obviously Doctor Sleep. I know we kind of disagree on like how good that is, but like it feels like. Like I, I feel like I'm always gonna be able to tell when I'm watching them something that Mike Flanagan does. Like it kind of it has the same energy, like just the, yeah. the way the characters talk and how the scenes are like put together. But I did I did love the haunting of Hill House. It uh, it justified Henry James because the turning of the screw. Yeah, which is what this is an adapt uh, an adaptation of. It was adapted earlier this year into a horror movie called The Turning, and that is one of the worst movies that I saw <laughs> of 2020. Um, so it's nice to see uh, that he kind of got some justice with this because this was a lot better. And then I, I watched I'm Oculus. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I was saying that might be a reason that I've made kind of wanted to watch Bly Manor because for a, one of my classes, I, I've had to read The Turn of the Screw uh, over the past month and like write a lot of things about it. So it's been really interesting to kind of do that, you know. Force yeah, well, don't watch The Turning because The Turning is awful. I remember the trailers looking really interesting. And then, yeah, I heard really bad things about it when it came out. Some of the coolest stuff in the trailers wasn't even in the movie. I did, didn't it get I think it got like really messed with by like the studio I, I feel it, like. it seemed like it the ending was so weird it was like a non-ending it was like the ending was like setting up it was like setting up for like a big twist and then it just ends abruptly yeah. I like, feel every, like that's why that that I, not having seen it I feel like that can't really work after after you read if you've read turn of the screw you kind of know like why it's really good and I, I mean, I'm not really spoiling anything. It's just like the ending of Turn of the Screw is kind of out of nowhere, but it, it also makes sense in the context of the story, and it, it's kind of good. So hearing that it's like a out of nowhere twist is kind of that definitely doesn't surprise me that it wasn't good, or or at least trying to set up something else. Oh yeah. Um. No. Yeah. It was like. I don't want to linger on that movie too long, but like I remember being in the theater with a bunch of people, like my girlfriend and, and other, and just like the theater was kind of packed out because I guess it was just a horror movie. And like everyone kind of looked at each other when the credits started rolling because they were like, is this a joke? Like, is, is it going to like mess with us? And because like people genuinely thought it was like a fake out credit scene. Like that's how like out that's of rough. nowhere and abrupt the ending was. That's rough. Um, but then I watched another Mike Flanagan movie, Oculus. Um, Oculus. Oculus was good. Um, it wasn't perfect. Uh, you know, I had some issues with it, but I, I liked it. Um, I liked it 
more than I usually like Mike Flanagan movies. And um, not much to really say about that. I liked how it kind of like, well, I don't want to get into the ending. I don't know if anybody's seen it, but I've the movie. It. I liked, okay, I liked how kind of like nihilistic the ending was because I wasn't expecting it. It's been a really long time. I haven't seen it since I saw it in theaters, like back in, tw- I mean, I'm looking at the IMDb page now, 2013. That's crazy that it's been that long. Yeah, I won't spoil it, but it's like a very dark ending, like much darker than I was expecting. Yeah. Um, I have to read the plot summary, but I feel like I remember what you're saying. Yeah. Um, the ending actually shocked me, but it was it was really good. Uh, then I saw Borat's subsequent movie film. Um, I liked it, but I was disappointed. I don't think it's nearly as good as the first Borat. I agree. Um, it's funny. There weren't to me. There weren't as many funny moments. It didn't feel as organic as Borat as the original Borat. And it, I, I, I think there was like another person who said this, so I'm not trying to like steal what they said, but they, what they said was spot on. I wish I remember who said it, some YouTuber, but like, there's more of like a narrative to this movie. Like, there's an actual bigger story going on this time. Yeah. Because like the first Borat is just about this guy named Borat who's like literally just doing a documentary about America. And like in this movie, it's like there's a there's like the introduction of like his daughter and there's like a legit narrative going on. And I think that kind of hurts the movie in a way because like, it's just, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it, but like it, it, it didn't have as many like moments that made Borat so great, but there were some like without spoiling anything. Like when he does that song about like inject the doctors of Wuhan and everyone's singing, like that was hilarious. That was great. The high Um, points are really high. Yeah, the high points are really high, but it feels like there. It feels like it's just kind of stretched thin between the high, the high points. Yeah. Um, Whereas, like the original Borat, there's so many moments that are just like over and over again. You're just like, I cannot believe this is happening, and I didn't get that that much with this movie. This one feels like you have to kind of be like alive and sentient right now to really more enjoy it. Like I feel like if you watch this, like maybe a couple years from now, and maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like it wouldn't have as big of an impact, whereas like the original Borat, there's just so many moments that stick out that kind of just, I don't know, live on and become... Yeah, yeah, like there's stuff that happens in the original Borat, and you're like, that's how things still are today, but this is like, I don't know, like Michael Pence is not going to be, obviously, I mean, as we see now, like Michael Pence is not going to be vice president much longer, like, I don't know, like some of this stuff is just like not going to be as relevant already. Yeah, for sure. Um, but then I saw... I still like the movie. Then I saw Hubby Halloween. Is that it? Is that what it's called? I think it's Hubie. Hubie. I loved it. I almost... I was so close to watching it in, in October. There were so many nights where, like... I watched it on Halloween. Netflix and just be like, oh, should we watch this movie? Like, I don't know. It's probably going to be stupid, but... I kind of wish that we had because I heard a lot of like good things about it. I heard that it was like a just a really solid Adam Sandler type movie. If that's your jam, like if you like that, yeah, I heard I it wasn't it. terrible. Oh, I this, but that's why I loved it because it's so like y'all know like the whole thing before this movie came out. Like Adam Sandler said, like if I don't win the Oscar or get nominated, I'm going to make a movie so bad. Oh yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Okay, well the thing is though is like 
the movie's almost genius because it genuinely feels like he did that with it in mind. Like it's so deliberately bad that it's like good, but it feels like it's on purpose. It almost feels like the ultimate like satire. Like he, it's like so self-aware and like any opportunity it has to do the, just the worst thing to make critics just like mad. It does it. And it's just amazing. Like, I don't know. Like it feels like the ultimate, like, payback on critics and i love it it's so it's just so funny like it, it does it so well in that regard adam sandler he's playing chess not checkers yeah no seriously like it's like i don't know if it, it felt like it genuinely felt like he just like did this just to like make critics mad and it just works so well like it's just it's just so good um like as a movie, it's it's not very good. But like, if you keep in mind that like he did this just to mess with critics, it's actually pretty funny. It feels like it feels almost like South Park level like parody. Um, so I I recommend it. I had a really good time with it. Um, then I watched. I only there's only uh six movies left. Um, these are the really good ones though. Um. I watched a movie called Piercing, which was fantastic. Um, I forget the guy's name who directed it. I think it's like Nicholas. I don't want to screw up his name. He directed the new Grudge movie that came out earlier this year that got horrible reviews. Is it Pesci? Or Pesci? So, yeah, Pesci? I think so. I think so, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking he, at the IMDb right now. He directed the new um, Grudge movie, which I heard was bad, but I also heard it was another situation of like studio ruined it. Yeah, I heard the same thing. It was because he directed a movie in 2016 called The Eyes of My Mother, which was a really great indie horror movie. And in fact, in like the wave of popular horror movies that we've had these last couple years of like The Witch and The Lighthouse and Midsummer, I'm shocked this movie didn't get more attention. Because it's really, really good. But this new movie, or I guess it's not new, but this movie I watched, Piercing, which is his second movie. It was like... Christopher I'm, I'm, Abbott in it. Huh? It's got Christopher Abbott in the movie. Yes, he's my dude. Like, I love that guy. Yeah, he's really good. He's really underrated. He's, he's fantastic. That, I thought it was great. I thought it was a fantastic movie. It's so weird, but it's just so, like, unique. And I don't know. I, it was it was one of the more interesting movies I've seen, because um, I've seen a lot of good movies this year. But I like I like movies like this where it feels like it has such like a unique voice and vision behind it that like no one else could have made it. I, I really enjoyed it. It's on Netflix. It's weird though. I will say it's very weird. And early on in the movie, when I was watching, I was just like, "Dude, this is I'm in for a ride." Like very quickly into the movie you're like i'm in for a rod um so I, I recommend it for sure the other movie i saw which is probably my favorite movie that i've seen um this year that in period like it didn't come out this year my favorite 2020 is i'm thinking of ending things but this is probably my favorite movie that i've seen this year and that's the standoff at sparrow creek um I love that movie. It's on Hulu. It's I don't I forget the name of the director, but from where I from what I read, he's from Birmingham, Alabama. Um, 
which is, you know, we live in Alabama. For anyone who, yeah, for anyone who's who's listened to this podcast, we're from Alabama, but um, he's from Birmingham. And this movie was so good. It's like a modern day kind of reservoir dogs, just in the fact of like, it's about a group of people in a closed off setting. And like, they're, they suspect that one of them is like, a traitor almost and they're trying to like figure it out and they're like tearing each other apart and it's so good and it's just so like paranoid and like it's so well written and well acted and like so well directed it's just so good like it's on hulu i can't recommend it enough it's one of the best movies i've seen this year um it 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 came out technically in 2018, but it didn't officially come out in the U.S. until 2019. But like, it would be like top five 2019 for me personally. Um, I'm a big fan of those type of movies, um, those like really like almost like bottle films. And this was such a good one. I can't give enough praise for this movie. Um, the other movie I saw was Christine. That was another great movie. It was directed by Antonio Campos, I think is how you say his name. It's the guy who directed The Devil All the Time. And I want to know where this Antonio was in Devil All the Time. Like, The Devil All the Time was a really good movie, but there, I feel like there was a lot more style in Christine. Um, and Christine was great. It was a really great movie. It's based on a true story um, about a, a local news cast caster i think or uh let me see so just to like be clear you're not talking about the car no not the not the um no this is 2016 christine i'm sorry this came out in 2016 it's about a, a news report a tv reporter it's a true story about christine chubbuck from the 1970s the movie doesn't uh the movie doesn't tell you what the end of it like or what the the actual like historical thing that happens in it um, because there's like a big thing that happens in the movie and, uh, the movie never kind of reveals it until it finally happens. So I don't want to give it away. If you don't know what happens. I recommend you watch the movie and not look up what happens. Cause it's kind of like, it's kind of like if no one knew what the Titanic was about, like for some reason, no one knew about that historical moment. I feel like you wouldn't want to tell someone, oh, you should watch this movie about a, a ship that hits an iceberg, like if they don't know. Um, like knowing won't ruin the movie for you, but it, it's a really great movie. Um, it felt very reminiscent of Joker, the 2019 Todd Phillips movie, actually, which is weird, but a lot of parallels. But um, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. It's also probably one of the be- one of the better movies I've seen um, this year. And yeah, I can't recommend it enough. Uh, I, if I would have seen Christine before I watched Devil All the Time, I think I would have liked Devil All the Time even less. Just because like this movie is so good, and like I feel like he didn't, he's not his like I don't know. There's more style in this movie than there is in Devil All the Time. But it's on Hulu. It's a good movie. And then I watched Your Next by Adam Wingard. That was good. I enjoyed it. I watched The Innkeepers by uh. What's his name? Eli. No, not Eli. Ty West. It was good too. Um, it was okay. It, it it's kind of slow and not in a good way, but the second half it, it gets a lot better. And then the last movie I saw, 
which I recently saw. It's the first movie I've seen in theaters since the pandemic, and it's Freaky, the new uh, Bloomhouse movie by Christopher Landon. Um, I watched it. When I found out it was the guy who directed Happy Death Day, I got worried because I I know that was kind of like a cult hit for people. I hated Happy Death Day. I did not think it was funny. I did not like the gimmick. And I, I hated the writing, and I thought it was just boring and like dull and kind of annoying. And with Freaky, I thought the same thing when it first started. I was like, oh, crap. I was like, this is not going to be. like it, it was dull, and it was boring, and like the humor felt really forced, like millennial humor. And but then Vince Vaughn came in and Vince Vaughn like carried this whole movie on his back. Like I genuinely loved this movie and would watch it like five more times because Vince Vaughn was so good in it. In fact, hot take Vince Vaughn should win the Oscar for best actor this year for his performance in Freaky. Wow. Honestly. Yes. I didn't know yeah. to hear that on this podcast. He, he should I, – it's it's a comedic role, and it's probably not even the best performance of the year. But the fact that I have never seen someone – like you always hear people say like, oh, dude, this dude like carried the movie on his back. And like that can be like an exaggeration. Vince Vaughn, this movie would be bad if Vince Vaughn wasn't in it, genuinely. Like I would hate this movie if Vince Vaughn wasn't in it. Vince Vaughn took a bad movie and made it good. Like it's not a good script. It's not like really all that well directed and like no one else in the movie is really all that good for the most part. Like Vince Vaughn literally took a mediocre bad movie and made it good. And now I want Vince Vaughn to be in every single movie ever <laughs> from now on. I want to watch. I definitely want to watch it now. Is it, Yeah, he's great in it. Is it only <laughs> so theaters or is it, can you stream it yet? I don't think it's in. I don't think it's streaming yet. I'm not too sure. Um, I think it's just in theaters right now. Unfortunately, it's got an 85 percent on Rotten Tomatoes right now. It is because of Vince Vaughn. That's wild. He's so. I, I'm telling you, he's so funny in this movie. How dedicated he is to the role It's essentially just Freaky Friday, but with a, a teenage high school girl switches bodies with a serial killer. And so essentially it's Vince Vaughn who is a serial killer, but has a teenage girl in his body and he kills it. I mean, he just totally, he owns that role. It was so good. <laughs> you got me excited. I definitely want to check that out as soon as I can. But just know it's not a very good movie. Aside from that Vince hey, that's okay. I'm a, I'm I have no problem watching bad movies with, one or two good parts. That's like that's like almost all my most nostalgic and feel good movies are, are that. So, um, that was a lot of great content. Um, you guys have definitely added a lot of stuff to my list, my personal list that I need to check out. Stuff that I forgot about that came out this year uh, that I need to go back and revisit before too much time passes for sure. Um, but um, I think if that's it, we can kind of get people back, you know, on board for an expectation of what to expect coming forward. Um, I would say that, you know, given um, how the pandemic is still affecting things and how work and school is kind of cleared up a little bit for us, I think we can safely say that we'll be um, consistent going forward, uh, starting with our next episode, 
uh, which I think Jake will be more than happy to talk about, is uh, I think we're going to finally go back and do Lord of the Rings like we originally planned to in our last episode. We uh, teased that, and then five months went by, and here we are again. We're just we're just building anticipation. We know it's we know oh, it's yeah. what the people want. So you know we're just kind of building expectations up. Uh, we're not going to disappoint. It's going to be one of the greatest podcasts ever made. Can't have the best podcast in the game in the middle of June, and we knew that really. I think subconsciously we understood that we had to wait until the year was almost over to give all the other. Uh, mediocre networks their chance to kind of throw their hat in the ring but yeah like like jake said we're this was our way of giving everybody else a little chance to catch up before we kind of just wipe the slate clean here so i'm excited for it um i don't know we don't know exactly the format we're going to go with yet not sure if we're going to tackle everything all at once or do it you know film by film but either way the next time you hear from us outside of this we will be um we will be talking about Lord of the Rings. We're going to, we're going to do it. So I'm excited for it. Um, but guys, do you have anything else? Any parting words? Um, anything we need to, anything we need to cover before we get out of here? Um, no, I think that's about it. I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm happy to be back and excited to keep it, hopefully keep it going this time. You know, maybe all the unforeseen roadblocks are, out of the way now and we can get this thing going consistently again i have something to say definitely go ahead it's very important to me i know that season nine of how i met your mother isn't good but you know what the finale was actually pretty decent and if you go back and watch the series it's not that left field if you think about it that's all i gotta say i rest my case on how i met your mother I'll let Jake take the field here because I have not watched How I Met Your Mother. I'll I'll just say that I completely and one hundred and ten percent disagree with that. I think it's one of the worst uh, endings to any 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 media movie, TV, video game. It's one of the worst endings I've ever seen, and I really like the show How I Met Your Mother. But that How ending can is you just even terrible. Say that? What are you talking about? I don't want to spoil anything for people that decide to watch it, but. Um, yeah, I, I, I really don't like it. And I really don't like one of the, one of the main characters that is a major part of the ending. Um, I really, really can't stand that character, which is a big reason why I don't like the ending, I think. But yeah, that well, whole... Don't you don't like. Which character do you not like? Um, I cannot stand Robin. Um, I absolutely, she's my least favorite character in the show. So yeah. Hey, just hey, Robin does not change the fact that they planted them seeds since the first episode for that ending to go out that way. That's well, my look, defense. Look, I, believe me, I, like I saw it coming. Like I, I saw it coming the whole time, but it doesn't make it any better. And those, it's so, those last, it's so, those last it's two so seasons are just, a, a, they're a disaster. It's, no, now the last couple seasons are bad. No, I'll give you that. The last couple seasons, the show really hit it lose, goes downhill after season four. But that doesn't change the fact that I will defend the finale until I die. There's only one part of the finale I thought was not good. And that was the abrupt, uh, spoiler alert, I won't get too into detail, but the very abrupt divorce from one of the characters, I thought that wasn't good. There were a lot of things that weren't good, but, you know, Cruz, if we really need to do this, we can have our own separate How I Met Your Mother podcast. But 
Let's let's do it. Honestly, I, I won't disagree that the seasons got bad. I won't have any input, but I can um I can grade you on your argument strategies because I have not watched the show. I don't know that I want to devote that much time and thought to how I met your mother. <laughs> I just rewatched the entire show. I'm ready. <laughs> Look, I I make it sound like I hate the show. Like I really enjoyed watching the show, and it's one of those shows that. When I see episodes on TV, like I can, I can watch whatever episodes on. Like unless it's one of the, I immediately see if it's one of the episodes from like the last few seasons. And if it's one of those, then I turn it off. But if it's one from the earlier earlier seasons, I mean, I can watch any one of them. But yeah, season nine's pretty rough as a whole. But very bad, bad, bad television. It's not a good. They shouldn't have dragged out that whole. They shouldn't have dragged it out. They should have taken the entirety of season nine and put it into five episodes and took the last two episodes of season nine and make that the whole season. That's what they should have done. Yeah. That's how I'm going to fix that show. But well, also I, one thing I did notice watching the show again though, is like all the characters except for Marshall Erickson are really bad people. Oh yeah. Marshall. Marshall's great. Um, I don't hate Ted like most people do. I, I kind of like him at times, but he is not a good person. I don't hate any of the characters, but they're, I realize watching now, like they are all bad people. Like oh, that, yeah. except for Marshall Erickson, he's the only good, like he's the only person I feel like in real life, I would like to hang out with. He deserved better. He did. Better. Cause even Lily's really manipulative. Yeah. He deserved better friends, a better wife. He did. <laughs> he did. He's such a good guy, a better life. Honestly, all the crap <laughs> he had to put up with in his job, his career. <laughs> I can, but I will say I cannot believe we're talking about how I met your mother right now. If you would have gave me a list of things that would have come up during this podcast, uh, how I met your mother would not have been on that list. I mean, twenty twenty is a year of surprises. Honestly, I, I guess so. I just saw it on Hulu, so I started watching it again. I think I've watched the pilot episode, and I think I never watched it again. Not that I didn't enjoy it, but that's how I am with a lot of TV shows. I'll start them, and I'll just. I never give myself the chance, so I don't know. I love I love divisive material, though, so I may have to. Matthew, have to... I, I know all the things that you haven't seen and how much your mother should be. Very low. Should be, yeah, I understand. Very low. First four seasons are great. Season five and six are okay, and then everything after that's bad, essentially. Well, I would not have I would not have predicted how much your mother to come up either, so. We're in the same boat there, but um, like I said, who knows? Maybe one day, maybe one day we'll all, I'll be able to offer some input. But yeah, um, unless Cruz has any more hot, you know, uh, things we could argue about, which I mean, I'd never say no to that. Um, I think we can kind of table it here and uh, get everybody kind of excited for Lord of the Rings coming up. Um, but guys, I've really enjoyed it. I enjoyed uh talking about content again this was really great uh, it was a good five months off but you know they you know you can't um you can't have a great comeback if you don't go away for a little while that's what i always say so um that's what my great um, that's what all the best hibachi restaurants have in common you can't you can't have a grand <laughs> reopening if you don't close down unexpectedly so um we're gonna we're gonna end it here and we're just you know we're gonna get ready for lord of the rings we're gonna hit you guys with that as soon as possible and try to be consistent going forward so we really appreciate it if you're still sticking with us and you're still listening uh like you were back in the summer um 
find us on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, the pages aren't haven't been as active, just like the podcast feed. But you know, hopefully, once we get back going and rocking and rolling there, we can get some things back uh, to a consistent place. So, without further ado, uh, you guys have a great day. We appreciate it, and we will see you next time.